with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another stupendous, exciting, terrific episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am joined with my dramatic troupe of Fan Holes. Why don't you guys all give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike. Hey, this is Justin, and I saved Latin. What did you ever do? Hey guys, this is Tony, and I'll tell you what you're talking about, you gobsmacking shite! Nice. So we are here to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the 1998 film Rushmore. This was directed by Wes Anderson, written by Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson. I think this was on a short list of films that I know, you know, well, I don't know. We, we, I guess, I guess I'm not totally going to blame Justin, but we, we, we always use a clip, a particular clip from this in a lot of our shows. And... Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in the shit. So I, I think that's partially the reason why this was selected when it came up on the list. And, you know, it, it is a, a pretty heralded, you know, film when it comes right down to it. So I, I don't think it's any shock that, you know, we, we decided to get together and discuss it and everything. But how about you, Justin? Like, is there any other, like, sort of reason why you, you picked this tonight, like, in particular? Or? It's a film I genuinely enjoy and... It's also a film I revisit like every five or six years, and I kind okay. of, okay. we'll get into it later, but I feel like my thoughts and perceptions of some of the characters have changed in that time. Hmm. I, I, I think that's interesting, because I, I, don't, I don't think I've, I mean, I, you know, I think me and Mike were talking about this the other night, and, and you know, maybe Michael just nod his head and agree with me uh, podcast-wise, but I, I think we both had the, the common thing of, oh, I haven't watched this since I watched it type react i mean at least that that was my memory of it right like i, I was kind of like i know i've seen this it was in 1998 I, i'm pretty confident any movie from 1995 to 1999 i've probably seen without even looking it up like i, I feel like that was that era of films where i was always you know I, I was going to loyola marymount we were always going to see everything that came out on you know opening fridays and stuff like that and i'm sure this film was no exception i don't particularly remember like exactly who I saw it with but I'm pretty sure I saw it with people I went to Loyola with which meant I was seeing it with drama kids basically and 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 that's I I, I think that was the whole appeal of that you know like like if this if this movie spoke to anybody it was it was the drama kids you know and I think that was that was ultimately you know where it's sort of 
popularity or love came from, at least in the circles that I ran with. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess if nobody's seen this, I'm, I'm not going to give you a blow by blow, but the IMDb synopsis says a teenager at Rushmore Academy falls for a much older teacher and befriends a middle-aged industrialist. Later, he finds out that his love interest and his friend are having an affair, which prompts him to begin a vendetta. That, I don't know, that makes it sound pretty uh, nefarious, but it's, it's, it's interesting that that's, I mean, it's not wrong, and, and I kind of feel like the entire... I don't know, the, 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 the entire philosophy of this movie, like, I, I feel like it's definitely one of those movies that wouldn't work on paper. And they, they, I, I feel like they kind of, you know, referred to Wes Anderson as like an auteur. And like, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think most people describe this as a comedy and it, it is, but it's, it's more than that. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, there's stuff in here that's real raw and, touches a nerve i think or at least it does with me you know and and there's there's there it, there's something about it that you you there's something i don't know unapologetic about it you know like that that it's 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 there's some kind of almost i i don't know i i it's not realistic but there's there's moments of like verisimilitude and truth to it and it's not always like ha ha funny it's it's kind of more like ironic funny if that makes sense but that's i mean you know my my takeaway from it is and i, I was joking with mike and justin before was i was gonna turn the tables on justin and just kind of go i liked it and that's that that was gonna be my review you like and, dirty and, dog you know and and i and i do i i do like you know i do like the movie i mean it's a good movie like i don't i don't have anything really negative to say about it i don't i don't know how forthcoming i want to be with how 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 uh, raw a nerve this film touched with me, but I mean, it definitely, it, it has an impact on me. I mean, the funny parts are funny, the the uh, triumphant parts are triumphant, and the the sort of undercurrent of of shittiness, I guess I'm just gonna say, is 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 also painfully honest and real, I guess. And so, like, I and 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 that's the thing about like, you know how like like when. Uh, in Clerks, when, when, you know, it's like Kevin Smith talking through Dante or whatever, it's like, you know, life's a bunch of down notes, empire ends on a down note, like everything's a down note, and that's how real life is, because it's a series of down notes. And it's like, this doesn't end on a down note, but like, there's a lot of down notes in this this quote-unquote comedy, this offbeat, quirky comedy, you know, like quote-unquote, and 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 some of those are are frighteningly realistic. And I, you know, again, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is a common lament for us on this show, but I mean, I feel like a lot of shit in this wouldn't fly today. I feel like unless you maybe accepted the vision of the, you know, what Wes Anderson, you know sight unseen you know what i mean unless you trust in that vision like i don't think this is something you could hand somebody on paper and then go oh this is going to be fantastic you know what i mean like i think you'd look at it and the the quirky would have become oh this is too weird you know what i mean and and, and somebody could have easily blown you off or whatever but i mean to me i think um you know 
I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I liked it, but I, I don't know. What about you guys? I mean, like I said, I know I saw this in the theater. I think, Mike, you said you saw this in the theater, too. Yeah, I did. And, you know, in fact, I think this is like one of the very first like R-rated movies I saw like on my own in the theater. And like, I, I don't want to say I was like dragged to it, but I went with like, like a, a big group group of friends and like there was a girl I liked and like, you know, it was a Friday night and there were like, you know, maybe like eight or nine of us and we all like went and, you know, we we all since there were so many of us we all had to agree on a movie and like you know it was like oh 1998 i was probably like like why don't we go see like godzilla or something again or something i don't know but like yeah this is what we ended up on and like you know i remember watching it and like you know liking it but then like you said i never watched it again after that and you know i honestly like I, I like Wes Anderson movies. Like, I think, like, the I, my favorite Wes Anderson movie is probably The Life Aquatic, and that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. But, like, this one, I don't know, this one is not quite as off the wall as that is, and I, I think I like it when he, when he you know, his later movies where he goes, like, really off the wall, like, you know. You you, you like it when he turns it up to 11, basically. Yeah, like this, and this, and like, the this, Budapest this... Hotel and, like, yeah, stuff like that, but. I mean, this, this tends to be a little more, I mean, I, I don't know if this is like well known or whatever but I, I i would think this is a little more autobiographical or at least has elements of that you know what i mean so there's there's some stuff in it like i said that's to yeah, me it's a little it's a little raw it's a little real it you know? feels real yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah but I mean, you know, I, I watched it again this afternoon and I enjoyed it again. I was like, oh, yeah, this kind of, you know, it's more of a nostalgic thing for me. It took me back to that night where like I was hanging with my friends and we all watched this and we all had a good time, basically. And yeah, like I, it, it's been a while. But like, I, you know, I, I don't know if I drew anything new from it, from this experience. Like, you know, I, I think I still had the same feelings about it. But yeah, like I enjoyed watching it again. What about you, Tony? I, I don't think I know any of your story on this because I don't think this has come up yet between, you know, the, the four of us or whatever. But like, is this something you're watching for the first time? Is this something you've seen before and revisiting? Like, do you, do you have any memories of when you first saw this, if, if you first saw this uh, before this show? Actually, this is the first time I've viewed it. I uh, am familiar with Wes Anderson's work. Um, actually, Mike, I, I, I too enjoy The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, which is really funny because there's kind of a parallel here in scenes. But anyway, we'll talk about that, you know, in a minute. But no, this is the first time I, I, I watched Rushmore. And I was prepared for a Wes Anderson movie, but you really can't prepare for a Wes Anderson movie. It, it was definitely quirky and, and weird. I think the thing that really kind of struck me was how you're talking about like it how it has that that base tone of uh, a very like real movie that has like real moments it, it's kind of like if like van wilder or or any number of those like college frat boy movies where like like our affairs bueller even if if that if that movie happened but everything was real and like you know when you do the crazy stunt you get fucking expelled you know mm, <laughs> it's mm. like Okay. It's like there's no like, oh man, we came up with a billion dollars to save the frat house. You know, it's like, oh, this high school kid, he's got too much ambition and he does lie and he 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 gets appropriately smacked down a lot because of it. It is, you know, it, it is kind of funny in some ways, but it's also like he doesn't do it really out of maliciousness at first. I mean, there does become a little bit of a darker side to him later on, which he does come out of. But like He's he's just trying to get along the best he can, like 
because he's not the most handsome guy on campus. He's not the smartest. I mean, that's one thing I really, really liked is like he's not this weird savant genius. You know, he's just a normal guy. He's just got a lot of ambition and he wants to do something, but he doesn't really know what. You know, he's like he wants to be the Rushmore kid. He likes going to Rushmore, but he can't do that because he gets expelled. So where does he go with that? He, you know, he, you know, he has a he has this crush on his teacher and that doesn't work out. It's like it's like a lot of like an acceptance kind of movie. It's like you don't always get what you want. And, um, you know, Wes Anderson is really good about kind of delivering that kind of message. Like, not always getting what you want isn't always necessarily a bad or good thing. It's just a thing. You know, it's not the end of the world, but it's also, it still sucks because it, it's not what you wanted. And, that, and that's kind of like how the ending is, how you were saying. It's like, it's not the worst ending ever. Not everybody dies or not everybody doesn't get what they want. But it's not a happy, bright, sparkly ending. It's just an ending. If it's, it's, this is where we are now and some things got fixed a little bit and it's not as bad as it could have been. That's how life is. <laughs> but, uh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I've always liked Wes Anderson's work. I just never have had a chance to see his full catalog. I've seen stuff, like I said, like the wife aquatic, the Royal Tannenbaums, I think is a Wes Anderson movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Various little ones here and there. Uh, there's more that I can't even think of. But like you know, I like I said, I know of his his pedigree as far as being a like you said, kind of a avant garde auteur. He's like outside of the box, and no, it was really it was a really enjoyable experience. I mean, I'm sure we'll go into like certain specifics, but uh, as a first time viewer, I I would watch again. And then I guess I guess we come to to more details from Justin like do you do you remember when you first saw this like and since you 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 of the the lot of us like this is something you you tend to revisit you said often so maybe explain why that is and and you know what it is that sort of captivates you about the film I watched this in 2001 and I was maybe a month out of high school, like I had just graduated. I was hanging out with a buddy of mine who also graduated with me. And we had both been dating girls who were like younger than us and they were still, you know, in high school. But they were so weird art chicks and they were into like indie movies and indie mm -hmm. music. And by extension, so were we, of course. I can't usually get them because my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian, but. I do love the taste of a good burger. Mm. But um, we were just kind of sitting around shooting the breeze, and he was like, oh, you should watch this movie. And he just handed me a VHS tape. It was Rushmore. And he was like, uh, I think you'll like it. Okay. So I went home and watched it, and I was like, yeah, that was pretty great. I like that. And I, <laughs> I just like the sense of humor. And kind of like Tony was saying, I like that it has, like, consequences. Like, it, you know, all these like dumb frat house movies. It's like, if you do the dumb thing, you should get kicked out. Like you should go to jail. Like this happens in this movie, you know, you try to like get with someone who's like way older than you and you, you know, try to force it. Like it's not going to happen. It's going to go badly. It's not going to be a fairytale ending. And I don't know. I just, I was never in a lot of clubs like Max, but I saw a lot of myself in, max like i was i think i was only ever in like art club well it was called the art honor society and then i was in the chess club for a while so that whole thing doesn't work for me but like just going to extremes like I, I get that part of max especially going to extremes to impress a girl 
like I get that. And then the competitiveness between Max and Bill Murray, I'm like, I get that. And I I like their friendship and later their competitiveness. It, it's like a war of pranks that eventually turns into like attempted murder. Yeah. <laughs> like the thing that always makes me laugh is Bill Murray's at the hotel and then the thing with the bees, it's like he sees the tube and the bees coming out of him and he smiles because he's like, that son of a bitch, that's really good. And then he's then he goes back to being annoying. <laughs> Like, there's some appreciation yeah. for some of that. Yeah. And then, like I said, yeah, I, I do revisit this, like, every five or six years. And I, what's interesting to me is, like, when I, you know, the first few times I watched this, like, I was all about, like, on Max's side. Like, I got Max's point of view, you know, being, like I said, going, like, crazy, whether it's trying to impress a girl or, or whatever you're doing, you're competing. I get that. Like, I, there was a time where I had aspirations of being a writer and while I was never in drama or, or anything like that like i did kind of appreciate the writing aspect of that so like i was always like yeah i get max's point of view but now that i'm like you know 40 uh, uh, quickly approaching 41 like i rewatched this and i'm like you know what i feel bill murray's side of this more now like i guess it's just a thing of being old i'm just like i mean i how do i put this I mean, I don't have I don't have kids that are like irritating and disappointing and you know driving me crazy. Like I don't have that, but like kind of being stuck in a relationship that has lost its glory or the flame is like dim or just gone or being stuck in a job you're just like eh, you know. I I get that. I I just appreciate the Bill Murray character. He just seems so bored and. He seems like one of those guys who's just like, he's up for anything, like a kid's birthday party, hanging out with this like high school kid and going to his play and, and giving him like $25,000 just because he's like, I want some money. And he's like, um, I'll give you this much. And then they like, they just go with it and they're going to build this aquarium. And then the whole like relationship and failure of that relationship with Miss Cross. I'm like, I, I understand that way more, which I think is interesting because, you know, I, like I said, I watched this. I was just out of high school, so I was more in tune with Max, and I I also had a huge crush on my senior year homeroom teacher. So I think I got that part of Max. I understood that, but then, like I said, now I'm you know almost 41, so I kind of get the I, I get the Bill Murray side more and more when I like revisit this film and think about it. Think for well, me, like, Mr. Like, Mr. Bloom is like an interesting character because, like, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I, but this is my first time watching it, so I immediately kind of track with him immediately because I am 47, and like throughout the whole movie, I I'm enjoying him for who he is because I could kind of see, like, you know, like yeah, I, I see what he's doing. I understand, like, I think I understand his thing. And then there's that one scene where Max is talking to Mrs. Cross and like he's faked having a bike accident and and he's laying on her bed and stuff and you know, she realizes he's faked it, you know, and he's like, you know, and she's talking about Mr. Bloom at one point and she says like, you know... He hates himself. And, and he hates himself. And I was yeah, like... That always that, stood out like, to me, yeah. Yeah, and like what Derek was saying with like how stuff hits you uncomfortably, that's kind of like, I can relate to that because I am 47 years old and technically in my life, just kind of like him, I may not be rich, I may not have a family, but I have a decent life as far as I have a roof over my head, I have a job, I, I'm i not like, you know, without friends. I, I have, you know, things that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people have it much worse than me, but at the same time, you know, I don't know if I would say I hate myself, but I, 
definitely at times I, I have a feeling in my life where I'm not happy and I don't know why I'm not happy. And that's kind of how Bloom feels like he's got a great job. He's pretty much rich. You know, he does get, you know, a divorce later on, but still like, but he, does, he has this feeling of something missing. And that's why he connects with Max. Cause he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll be kids. I'll be friends with this 15 year old kid. And like, you know, I, I, I like, like his, like he said, his willingness to do anything. One of my favorite scenes is when he's, kind of stalking Miss Cross for him. Uh, but he's also got ulterior motives because he's kind of smitten with her now too. And he's like walking across the like uh, playground. He just like slaps the basketball out of that kid. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's funny. like not mean. He's like, he just rejects the, 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 you know, the shot, you know, just like not my house. And I don't know. That just made me laugh. Cause I was like, yeah, I would do that. <laughs> just like, I don't know. I I, I I felt like a kinship with him. Like I, I know how like I, I what I got was and maybe I'm reading too much into it, or maybe it's exactly what I was supposed to read out of it, is like just because you're older and you're of a certain age, it doesn't mean you found what you're looking for. It doesn't mean that you're like just because you're an adult doesn't mean you figured it out. You're still just as lost as like a fifteen year old kid in in a lot of ways. I think it's interesting that like I, I think there, there was something I read where it said Ebert said something like, or whoever it was, you know, some critic was like concerned, like people wouldn't be able to identify with Max because of like who he is as a, like he's not a hundred percent likable type thing. And like, I don't think anyone in this movie is a hundred percent likable, but in some ways that those flaws, like if you're, th th this is the part that like, I, you know, I just want to say, I like the movie and move on. But like, if you're going to explore and examine it, like, I think the reason why people are drawn to it is because it's, it's refreshingly honest. And in that sense, it's like, it's, it's that moment of, you know, people, can take glee in being mean to one another. You know what I mean? Or you can you you can flat out lie like just to make yourself feel better about yourself because of this thing we're discussing about, you know, potentially hating yourself, right? You can you can tell lies about hand jobs and tell lies about, you know, my dad's a fucking neurosurgeon or whatever it is like to to sort of mask your insecurities and stuff like that. And merely talking about that, like merely being honest about that to me is an insecurity. And it's not like I'm fucking Mr. Liar. Like, I feel like I knew people like that, like that were, what do you call it? Compulsive liars. Do you know what I mean? Like every, like every fucking thing out of their mouth was bullshit. Like every single thing, like, like, and, and it's like, you, you start to wonder after a while, like, do you think I'm stupid? Like, cause I, I know like 90% of this shit is not real. Right. Like, like, and I don't know. Maybe, you know, and this is not me tooting my own horn, but it's like, I think, I think in general, there's, there's an element where people respond to me favorably because I'm considered a quote unquote straight shooter, you know, whether they're happy to hear what I have to say or not happy to hear what I have to say. I, they at least know maybe I'm, I'm telling you what I believe is the truth, but you know, if you really examine this film, like, the, 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 and you're really, I don't know, completely honest with yourself, there are certain things where you sort of, 
you sort of manipulate the truth or you twist it or you maybe 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 the best way to describe it is you know so, sometimes I, I i like to think of it as like a lie by an omission you know it's the mr spock bullshit like i didn't lie i just i just fucking left it out of the story do you know what i mean and it's usually that embarrassing shit like like that happens to people in this movie and that's why it's so so real like 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 the the thing i was going to mention to justin like with his maybe track record with the film and starting with it from Max's point of view and then, you know, potentially graduating, you know, to, um, I'm like, I don't even remember his character's name, uh, Herman, you know, Bill Murray's character, graduating to that point of view and, and looking at it, you know, generationally or something like that. And like, you, you know, what kind of shocked me was, I think the person who I got the most this time around that I don't think I ever would have maybe seen anything from their perspective was Rosemary. Like, because I think like maybe when I watched this, like, you know, the scene that stood out to me the most this time is that moment where she's, she also is, is mean to him towards the end. Like where, I mean, really mean, like where, where he, he, he basically, you know, at that point, you know, it's that thing that Justin mentioned where it's awkward and he forces himself onto her. And like, you know, th these are the kind of things where you're like, oh, uh, a high school kid uh, with a with a BB gun, a high school kid forcing himself onto a, a, an older teacher. Like all these things you're like, oh, that, that like th th these are the things that Ebert's like this. This person is not likable. Like people would not want to identify with this person. But again, if you're really honest with yourself. And and you're really kind of open to that, like you know. And I I think you know Justin's mentioned this, but like you know I I I share the same type of feelings. Like I mean, up to a certain point in my life, almost every woman I went after was way too old for me. You know what I mean? Like like it, it was probably ridiculous, right? And some of those things were like super awkward, and some of those things like you know there there were you know moments or whatever, but you know most of it again, like Justin said, was nothing good was going to come of it. And like, I kind of feel like early on in there, it was like that thing where you're young enough to be smitten because, and, and, and she talks about it specifically because you haven't fucked enough, you know, like, and she's like, she's like, you're just like that. Cause you haven't fucked enough. Like, like, you know, she's like, if I gave you a fucking hand job, would you fucking walk away then? Like, would you just leave this shit alone. And it's like very mean. Right. But it's like, there's something about that, that like, I don't know why, but this time around, like, I don't think that ever would have struck a chord with me before, but I think, I think this time around, it was one of those things where I was just like, Oh, like there, there's, you know, that element of desensitization, like because of, of maybe w whatever you've, you've lived through or gone through or whatever. And, and, and she has that, like, because she's, She's lost like the love of her life. He's dead. And, you know, I, you know, anyway, there, there, there's a lot of things in that that I, I don't think I, you know, would have been able to see that perspective that I think I I think I did now. And I guess as far as like, you know, I mean, it's funny to me that people, you know, that, that people would make that criticism that like Max or or even even, you know, Herman, like that they're not relatable because it's like it's almost like there's some sense of being ashamed in saying that you could relate to those characters because they're not um, 
you know, the 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 entertainment experience, the cinematic experience, or reading comics or whatever it is, you know, watching TV and stuff. Like, yes, there's there's an allure to identifying with someone who is heroic, who is flawless, who is, you know, you know, somebody who's special. And then you, you know, this, this thing that I think, you know, Tony was getting into this thing about being able to comprehend the concept of, you know, someone hating themselves and, and being able to maybe see that in yourself. And I think typically like the, the, the way, you know, cinema in general normally works is you're you know you're identifying with you know this this heroic ideal or 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 some kind of you know character that you know it's supposed to be a catharsis because they may have problems like these characters but eventually they overcome their problems and and succeed right whereas this is like i don't know i guess that's why it, it it's raw and it it still hits me in a certain way because the stuff that makes you laugh makes you laugh right like i mean it's it's still funny when it's like yes he's faking the bike accident like but like that moment where without missing a fucking beat he puts on the 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 sexy hip tunes in the the cassette player like almost immediately like before he even lies down like that shit just makes me laugh because it's like it's like that's the shit where it's like you remember having like that one track mind where all this other stuff the the lying the bullshit the whatever it is that you need to get to that place where you maybe can 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 get a little you know sugar from from this person that you like like that's all that matters right and like everything else is irrelevant and like you know i i think that's that's something you know i guess if you're honest with yourself or you acknowledge it right like that's that's something that you know everybody kind of must go through that and then i guess if 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 I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'll just say it because I'm thinking of it now. But like, that's also a thing that I think uh, is lacking in in today's uh, culture too, right? Like, where it's like, you know, I am not a 15 uh, year old Jewish kid on scholarship at a high school that that you know enjoys you know perpetually going to that high school because he's the big man on campus for the rest of his life like that's not literally me and it's not literally justin right or you know whatever like like bill murray's character is not literally tony or whatever but we all find things we can identify with and relate with and the 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 background of the character is irrelevant you know like like i still feel seen even though the character doesn't look precisely like me. And that's just going to be the end of my soapbox. But yeah, other than that, you know, like I said, again, going back to the default, I liked it. Like, I, I did like this movie. And and as far as, like, I don't know, the the other, the other stuff that hits a raw nerve with me is, like, it, it's it's very... I was I was part of a a big you know drama theater click and all that other stuff and this th- this kind of movie went over like gangbusters with that click it went over like gangbusters with me like th- there is there is an allure and an aspect of even in a shitty fucked up world even in a world with flaws and problems and ugliness and and things that uh, don't quite end right the fact that you can put on a successful play 
and and somehow get it in your head that you doing that is somehow going to change the world. Like, I think now I kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just I'm embittered. I don't I don't earn my living that way. I don't uh, you know, that that's not what I do now. Right. And 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 maybe I, I guess on a positive note, maybe I could transpose that and just be like, well, it doesn't really matter that I'm not earning my living doing anything like I podcast, I make videos, I do things creatively in my own fashion still. And if I transposed it to that, then I suppose you could still walk away with this happy ending to, you, you know, I guess going back to the whole, you know, aspect that Tony was talking about, like, like understanding, you know, hating yourself or whatever, like that aspect, like being like, oh, I was a failure. I wasn't successful. I didn't accomplish these things that I was, you know, dreaming about or hope to accomplish or whatever. And and sometimes that can still be like a raw thing, right? If you, if you really self-examine it, but the, the counter to that, I guess, is that's how these movies end. And that's how they try to turn it to a, like a positive upspin, you know, like that, that moment where you, you're the man or you're the, you know, and it's like, I don't know, it, it, some of it's bullshit, right? Some of it's fake, right? But I mean, that's, that, that's something like where there's a, you know, there's an addiction and an allure to that. Like that's, that's why, I mean, I don't know, to, to me, it's funny. Like I was looking at some review where it's like, uh, Max Fisher, uh, you know, clearly is not the best student and blah, 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 blah. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, but like part of that's on purpose. Like it's by design. Like he doesn't want to stop going to Rushmore. Right. Like, so it's like, if he got all good grades and he passed all his tests, like eventually he graduate and he'd have to leave Rushmore. So like that part of that is like on purpose, you know, like at least from my perspective. So, you know, I don't know, like, like sometimes I feel like some of those things like miss the point where it's like, it's like he, 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 if, if he could have, he would have just done that for the, you know, basically like that. And, th and that's what Bill Murray's character finds so charming about him aside from any of the, you know, kind of improprieties or problems or whatever you want to attribute to, to those, you know, relationships. It's like, you know, that, that thing like where today, like you'd be like, wait, there's a 15 year old kid. There's a, what, a, a, a you know, 40 pushing 50 industrialist and some 20 something school teacher. And they're all going out having fun together. Like something to, I mean, you know, like something like that, people would be like, Whoa! like like you know like calling the cops or whatever the fuck right but you know there's i don't know like you know again stuff like this is um you know i don't know maybe maybe it's one of those things where i think it, you know you can you can overanalyze something too much i i, I kind of don't know where i'm going with it other than you know like uh, a lot of these things still speak to me you know and and i guess if it basically what I'm trying to explain is there was a period in my life where I thought if I, if I wrote the right thing or, or, or wrote the right play or, or did some great performance or whatever it was, like I could somehow, you know, 
impress my dad or, you know, impress whoever or change the world or, you know, like these, these like kind of things that sound like stupid, right? But like you, you kind of get those things in your head, right? And, and there's still that aspect maybe that, you know, you cling on to whatever it is you're doing creatively, like whether it's podcasting that you can reach people and change their lives and all this other shit. And like, sometimes it's like one of those things where you're like, well, the pessimist in you, the, 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 that, that voice in you that, that hates yourself, right? It will tell you, ah, oh, that's bullshit. Nobody listens. Nobody cares. Nobody, you know, whatever plays you did didn't change anything. You, you know, you, you, you were never as big as you thought and all that other kind of stuff. But, you know, then there's the part of you where you see the impact, you know, I mean, I guess that's the point of the ending, right? Like you see the impact that, you know, Max had on all these people and and then, you know, his emotional growth in the sense that, like, he's introducing all of them together. And I think that that's one of those things where, you know, he, he probably couldn't have done that at the beginning of the movie. And also it there there's something I don't know. He, he, it, a lot of the stuff that he was doing in the beginning was only for himself. And I think by the end of it, he's doing some of it altruistically for other people. Well, that's one of the things I like yeah, is that he, yeah. he reaches a point where he realizes he's kind of destroyed all these friendships and relationships. So he starts to slowly make amends. You know, he makes amends with Dennis Semenis, Bill Murray, Miss Cross, and then he realizes he needs to try to maybe get Miss Cross and Bill Murray back together. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it's also the play at the end. It's like anyone who had like a little scene in the movie, like, they're there. Like Max has invited him to see his big play, so right, he's got right. he's got everyone assembled. Like I, I I don't know. I just I like it to where you know you want to you talked about taking glee and being mean. Like I love that dinner scene where he's being so mean and shitty to Luke Wilson. You know the mm. the whole or the OR scrubs. Like that always makes me laugh. Like it, it yeah, always your, makes your nurse's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me laugh. But like. He goes from being like so mean and shitty to like he realizes that he screwed up and he's he's no longer in Rushmore and he he's he started to carve out this little niche for him at the public school like you know he's got a new version of Dennis the Menace and he's he's trying to do his club thing there but he realizes that he needs to make amends and start to like fix things and that's that's one of the things I always liked about this movie is like you get you get the shittiness you you get the glee from being that way and you get to like the war of the pranks that goes too far with bill murray but it gets to a point where like max is like oh i fucked up i should try to make amends i shouldn't be like this i i really like when like i think my favorite turning moment for that is the the moment where he is flying the kite and turns to dennis the menace and like is like okay it's time for you to take dictation again and he gets all excited like yeah because it's like it's like oh you're you're back you know what I yep. mean? Like you're, it's not, you know, there, there was that, you know, cause he does have that kind of, you know, like, like we all do, it's, it's an honest thing, right? You, you go through those bouts of depression or whatever it is. Like you, you don't feel at the top of your game. You, you know, you feel like a fucking ass or a dipshit or whatever it is. And uh, you know, look, it's, it's kind of like Tony said, like life, life isn't perfect, you know, or, or, or is I think a lot of people, uh, again on my soapbox, but uh, a lot of people in this generation never had parents that told them life isn't fair. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and there's a reason why people tell you that. 
that because um, you're eventually you're gonna you're gonna run into inequities and inequalities and things that are not fair and there's no good reason for it it just is the way it fucking is you know and and that's you know again you get hit with that and yes you get knocked down but it's it's one of those things where it made me reflect on things because there were so many fucking times when I was just like I mean literally ready to chuck it all you know and it's like i'm glad that i had those you know max moments where he kind of he gets out of that funk you know what i mean and i'm glad i guess to me like like the reason why that hit me harder this time was because it kind of reminded me of me and you guys do you know what I mean? Because I was like, I got an idea, you know? And it's like, okay, like, let's take some dictation. Like, let's do this or whatever. And it was just kind of like one of those things where I was like, I'm glad I, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, again, kind of raw and honest, but stupid to say, but I'm kind of like, I'm glad I didn't do that. You know what I mean? I'm glad I'm still here coming up with bullshit and, you know, fucking around and, and trying to live my best life. And, and Mike, it's okay. We, you don't have to lie to us. We know your dad's not a brain surgeon. I like uh, speaking of like I love Max's like dad like I think like yeah like, like he's so understatedly like supportive of Max like even though like you know this stuff he's just like you know Max don't you think you're taking this a little too far and that's like all he says basically. yeah but it's like you know, don't you think you should go back to school maybe and he's like no he just has like this quiet like confidence in his son where he's just like he'll figure it out like eventually yeah. like I just gotta you know that, that's the crazy thing like max has like this really good support system really like he's got his dad who is very like you know like single dad energy vibes all day like you know he doesn't have his mom anymore and he's like i don't really want my son to do whatever he wants but i also know that he's 15 and he's not a stupid kid so i'm just gonna let him figure it out himself and then like my little picture of margaret like She's, like, obviously kind of head over heels for Max. Like, she keeps, like, trying to get his attention. And Max is just, like, oblivious to her, like, for most of the movie, to where he's just, like, very dismissive of her to uh, to, to a point. And like you said, that, that box kite flying scene, she shows up again. And, like, it, it, it's, it, it's really good filmmaking to me when it's, it's not openly said. They have an exchange. It's it's more that they said to each other than in the whole movie. And then, like you said, what he's telling, you know, Dirk, his little neophyte, his 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 uh right hand man, to uh make a new club. We're gonna do a kite flying club. Um, and he's rattling off names, and Margaret's one of the names. It's like she's been accepted. She is I... now she's now part of the group. And like and, and eventually, you know, it's just pretty much established that, like, this is going to be his girlfriend now. And, but it's it's a very natural way, you know? It's like, he realized, like, you know what? I could do a lot worse than this cute little Asian girl. Like, I, you know, not getting the, the you know, world-traveled, like, you know, experience like a uh, teacher is not the end of the world. Maybe uh, I, I should be thankful for what I have. And 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 that also plays into his dad. Because when he's introducing him to everybody at the end, he's not like, you know, this is my dad, the brain surgeon, the neurologist. He's like, this is my dad, the barber. And he's happy with it. He he is okay accepting the fact that his dad is just a barber. He doesn't have to lie about it. And and that's a good turning point for the character himself. You know, it's like, 
all this stuff that you know is easy to say that he's not likable, like like his lying or or trying to kill Bill Murray. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like Harlan Ellison with uh, with Margaret because of kind of like it, it. All I thought of this time was like the the knives chow ending in the the Scott Pilgrim <laughs> movie, and I was kind of like they stole his idea, you know, whatever the I, fuck. I always felt so bad for Margaret in that scene where she goes to Max's house and there's no dialogue. Mm. It's just there's just, a song playing. Yeah. And she's going yeah. there. She's concerned because Max hasn't been to school. She's got that little plant. And you, you get the gist. Like, Max's dad is just like, oh, no, he's not here or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, he shuts the door. And then she's walking away and she sees Max sitting in the window. And she goes up to him and he just slowly shuts the blinds on her. I Every time I watch the movie, I, I feel so bad for her. Right, yeah, it's just like, you know, why you gotta do her that way? And and she, you know, going back to that cat flying scene you mentioned, Tony, she says it, she's like, you know, you were such a jerk to me. Like, I was like, yes, I'm glad that you finally said something, because, you know, he shows up at his new school and he makes that speech, and she's the first person to, like, give him anything positive. She's like, oh, I liked your speech. And he's just, like, so dismissive. And then later on, you know, he sees her and he's like, oh, we can do something with you. Like, take off your glasses. Yeah, we're going to put you in this play and come up and, you know, have a headshot and all this stuff. And he's 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 not seeing her as Margaret. He's just seeing her as someone he can, like, stick into one of his plays and try to, like, he's trying to get that Rushmore mojo back. But he's still not quite to, to the point he needs to be where he's, like, thinking of fixing things. Right. Well, and as far as making amends and stuff like that, I like that Dirk actually comes to him. Like I said, that's like his little go-to boy, his gopher boy. And like Max does him dirty. You know, he says his, his mom gave him a hand job, like to, to get some clout with the Irish guy. Or Scottish, excuse me, Scottish. <laughs> they, they they make sure to to, to you make f- a fucking waker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you bloody white guy. So like like Dirk does have a, a, a full on reason to to not be fr- friendly to Max anymore. You know, it's like I'm pretty sure anybody would not be happy if you said that your their mom gave you a hand job. But he comes around because he does value Max. He 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 values Max's friendship, and he's the one who who actually uh, gives the olive branch. And that that is also true in real life. Like sometimes someone can be the dick first. But if they're actually worth it, if they're not a complete piece of shit, sometimes you have to make the first move. Sometimes sometimes you have to be the bigger man. And, you know, that speaks really big, even though he's just a character in a movie. That speaks really big for that character, Dirk, you know, being able to, for being as young as he was, Dennis the Menace, you know, however you want to say it. Like being like, you know what, Max is a good enough friend that I'm willing to look over this bullshit that he did because I still want him in my life. You know, it's like that's that's something that happens in real life, you know. You know, the, there's that there's that aspect of, of Max that ends up being very Goku-like. You know, you talked about the the Scottish kid, and by the end of it, it's like, oh, he's wanted to be in one of your fucking plays, man. You know, or whatever. You know, and and it's 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 funny how like that's that that's that idealistic aspect or the happy ending aspect. You know, the the, the gathering of all those people. You know, how you described like like to me, you talked about the dad like being a, a great presence in the film. Like Brian Cox as like the the dean or the principal or whatever the like like he just gives such a great performance too, right? Because it's like, you know, when he's in that fucking coma or whatever it is and like Max is so irritating, he's like, 
what do you want? Like, it brings him out of the fucking coma and shit. It's just, like, all that stuff, like, is so... It's, like, I don't know. There's something about that where... I don't know. Like, there there were things where... I guess, I guess to, to the point that you're making about Max being like a shit heel or whatever, you know, and I don't know, I, you know, that, that's something I guess I, I, I never considered sometimes, but maybe, maybe I, I take it more into consideration now than I did when I was younger. But I, you know, I remember sometimes people would, you know, pull me aside and be like, you don't understand how much influence you have you know basically if you get into those moods right like like and 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 you're just being like you know i mean look that you know if if i'm gonna be raw and honest there's there's some aspect of me that feels relatable to max because he's wasted uh eight million dollars of bill murray's movie or movie uh uh, eight million dollars of bill murray's money you know what i mean like 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 that i mean I don't know. There's that aspect of me where I kind of feel like I'm like, oh, uh, you know, I I've probably been a spoiled brat like that in certain senses, too. Right. And and, and it's like that's something where I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, you know, just there, there are tons of things like that 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 make me I don't know, that, that make me reflect on things. So I guess you know, part of the reason why I like this film, I guess, is that it, it, it sort of does touch an emotional chord in you and is also genuinely funny. And, and, and I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe in the final analysis, whether it's idealistic or not, you know, hopefully maybe the, the end result of it is it makes you appreciate what you have and also maybe appreciate the life experiences that you had to go through in order to get to where you are now. And I think that sums it up for me. So I don't know if you guys have anything else on this, but uh, feel free. I, I guess like the only thing I can say as a first-time viewer, first of all, thank you guys for for recommending this, Justin and Derek. Uh, that it was a it was a good viewing for like a a brand new old movie, I guess you would say. Wes Anderson always has had this ability to do what you were talking about earlier, Derek, where it's it's not really a straight drama, but it's definitely not a straight comedy. I would say it's a surreal comedy. The, the the comedy comes from some fantastical things, but it always tapers back back to reality. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's almost like like a Harold and Maude kind of thing, almost <laughs> where where like these weird ass things happen. Like you know, Max cuts the brakes on you know Herman's car, or like uh, Max's fucking plays. They they look they got they got more money into them than some Hollywood productions for Christ's sake it all tapers back to real emotions and like how this would actually affect you as a person and how like it's displayed on the screen, how it affects you. And it, it sometimes it's good to watch something that's not just like eye candy or, or turn your brain off cinema. And one thing I did want to like really say that you were talking about earlier, as far as like modern movies and how movies are made today. Like one thing that I noticed and I caught myself when I was watching it, is the the scene where Max is talking to Rosemary for the first time, really, on the bleachers. And she's, you know, just eating her lunch and stuff, and they're going back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, A. If this was a movie today, there would be a jump cut to them, like, pressed up against a tree with them making out and being like, this is wrong, but who cares what society thinks? It's like, man, that's not how fucking reality works. 
You know, like most normal people would be like, you're fucking 15. I'm a widower and like, or a widow, excuse me, a widow. And it's really sweet that you think I'm this great thing, but I don't, I don't got time for this. Like, I'm sorry, that's fucking reality. And it's kind of, an, it's almost refreshing. And it's really sad to say that it's refreshing when you see reality and also good pacing. Like, she does like Max. She does think he's, like, you know, adorable. And you know what? If he was 10 years older, she might actually go out with him. But she knows where she's at. She knows where he's at. And she doesn't want to egg it on. And she does it. That's another really nice thing is there's no point in this movie where she's like, you know, hey, maybe you could get some of this. And, like, she's always very, like, you're a child. and I'm an adult, you know? So... I, I like how this movie sets ground rules for certain things and it sticks to them and it still plays by them. That's one thing you also don't see in a lot of cinema. So like, you know, Wes Anderson proves time and time again that while he may be a strange filmmaker and he definitely has his own sense of humor and his own kind of set of ideals as far as how movies should go, he still makes great stuff. He, you know, nine times out of 10, you will probably walk away either learning or learning something or, definitely feeling a certain way about a scene or, or the basic concept he's trying to deliver. So yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. It's not, it's not something I expected to revisit, but I'm glad you uh, suggested it, Justin. I am smart. You make things go. I make things go like this podcast. Nice. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions, comments, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to direct download the backlog of Fanholes Podcast proper episodes, you can download them over on the blog spot. That's fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, or the X, Instagram, all that good stuff. And we can be streamed. We're on Podbean, and you can find us on other podcatchers of your choice. Just look up Fan Holes. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Lee, signing off. This is Justin, signing off. Hey, this is Tony, signing off. Sometimes you don't have to have a big flashy ending, you just have to have an ending, that's what he did.